0: Hi, this is Dr. Tom Vergus, and this is CQ for Global Leaders. This is the last dimension in the cultural mirror, and this dimension is called femininity and masculinity. And once again, similar to the term of polychronic and monochronic, it's a term that's used in the literature, you know, and in the field, this is what we refer to it. So I just want to clarify that when we talk about males and females, you know, we are talking about biology. When we talk about gender, we're talking about the behavioral traits of of men and women in society, expectations of behaviors. When we're talking about femininity and masculinity, we are referring to the traits that's valued in that particular society. So in, in feminine cultures, there tends to be much more of an appreciation of values around cooperation, communication, teamwork, collaboration, compared to masculine cultures where there is a far greater emphasis on things like competition, being assertive, being ambitious, having a point of view. You know, so those are the differences on either end of the continuums. Countries which score very high on the feminine scale are countries such as Sweden, Norway, Denmark. Finland, so the the Scandinavian countries. And if you can just imagine the rungs of a ladder, if you think of a ladder, you'll find that in highly feminine cultures, the rung of difference between males and females are in fact very, very low. So you'll find males and females doing all sorts of different jobs. You know, paternity leave, where fathers can take time out, is Not at all unusual in Scandinavian countries. In fact, countries like Norway, as a father, you are required to take paternity leave. Otherwise, you will lose the bonus for that. Whereas in masculine cultures, going back to the analogy of a ladder, once again, the rungs are quite high. And so I remember years and years ago working with a client where we introduced paternity leave for an organization here and you know, in the first six months no one took it up and when we did focus groups to find out why that was the case the feedback was well it's a career limiting move so why would I do it And uh, it was until one of the senior leaders did it, you know, then it just became okay. So think about conversations in meetings, you know, in masculine cultures, you tend to be far more competitive. There's a whole kind of boisterousness about it. A lot of sporting analogies get told in masculine based cultures, whereas in feminine based cultures, it's just kind of a, a softer culture. Doesn't mean it's not as effective. It's just a different style of working on that. So, why don't you plot yourself on where you see yourself on that dimension. What I will also be doing is you will see that I have a few visuals of some of the different countries and their cultural mirrors. And I invite you to look at them, compare them, see where you are and whether you agree or disagree With them. And once again, this is just an indicator. It doesn't mean that everyone in that particular culture is on that mirror and that's where they are, but it's an indicator that it's a preference, okay? A preference where. Most people in that culture have a preference to be on either side of the dimensions. So, a question that's constantly asked is: Is it which is better? Is it better to be on the left-hand side of the mirror or the right-hand side, or are we looking at a place in the middle? My, my response to that: It's not a matter of being better. It's for us to be more global as a global leader, to be culturally intelligent how do I develop the repertoire to be able to work across? You know, how do I work across? How do I build the flexibility to work across? Now, I may have a preference to be on one side, but how do I actually change that to actually be on the other? Yeah, you know, growing up in Malaysia, I came from a very relationship-based culture but working in Australia, working in with clients in the West, I've had to also develop a task-focused orientation. Okay? So it's about balancing the both. Because if you can balance the both, that then provides you the yin and the yang, okay? which is really what we are looking at developing as culturally intelligent global leaders. So there you have it the nine dimensions of the cultural mirror. As I mentioned right at the start of this series, this is a model. And the model is to help us understand cultural differences and similarities. And my challenge to you as a task when we were going through the model was for you to plot your own mirror. And the usefulness of that is to help you actually understand what your preferences are A key thing whenever we are working with someone from a different culture is to actually understand our own culture And remember, culture is subjective and culture is relative. We are always doing a comparison. And I talked about that in one of my earlier podcasts. And remember that whole concept around night and day. Night wouldn't exist without day. Tall wouldn't exist without short Fat wouldn't exist without thin. Cold wouldn't exist without hot. You're, we're always doing a contrast. And when we are dealing with people of different cultures, inevitably we are doing a comparison and a contrast. And we tend to use our culture as the norm. Okay, We use our culture as the base and compare others to that. So in fact people who think their culture is always superior, the term that we use for that is called ethnocentric. Ethnocentric is when I compare everything compared to my culture. And what we want to do as global leaders is actually become more ethno-relative, which means how do I actually appreciate cultures for what they offer and appreciate the differences. So here's my challenge to you my challenge to you is to go through the nine dimensions, understand them, plot them yourself, understand your preferences, and then look at how do I, in fact, become more culturally agile? How do I develop working across the different dimensions? How do I actually become better at talking about this? Another useful aspect of the mirror is it enables us to talk about culture and cultural differences in an academic manner. So you can actually say, I wonder if that person's behavior is because of this. And it saves you from just that general stereotyping. And it helps you engage in conversations. So use the model. It's a great way for teams. You can get people to plot themselves on the team because then you'll get different people on a team and you'll find where people's preferences are. It's a great conversation starter. It and enables you once again in a multicultural team to look at, well, how do we work when people have different preferences? Okay, so utilize it. That's my challenge to you. Use the tool, utilize it and see how you can improve your performance as a leader. And of course, it goes without saying if you need more information, then reach out to me either via email or phone and I'll be happy to engage with you further on this topic. You've been listening to CQ for Global Leaders with me, Dr. Tom Vergus. To find out more, please reach out either via phone, email or our site, culturalsynergies.com.